Welcome back. Third guest of the day. Lots of beers into the day. Uh, this Just time two. it is for you. The <laughs> Braden Statchel, father to be CFL Reddit and now Edmonton Elks social content coordinator? Community manager. Oh, social community yeah. manager. Still a upstanding position. Now working with Victor Cooey, who is the new president of the Elks. He is here decked out head to toe in Elks gear. Despite us having a BC Lions guest on, Braden, <laughs> how are you doing today? I'm good. A lot uh, going on. Thank you for joining us, yeah, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> a lot going on. A lot to unpack in that first little sentence. A lot going on. New uh, dad, new job. <laughs> Glad you found time to make it out to Daft. Thank you very much. I mean, I'm technically on the clock right now. Like, off mic, we were kind of, like, I'm sitting here trying to, like, do my job before we <laughs> hopped on mic here. Um, uh, yeah, sorry. we just grabbed a dude in the middle of his work day. We're like, hey, we need a guest real bad. <laughs> But, uh, no, whenever uh, you look at, I mean, your new Elks position, yep. you as a whole have been an advocate for the CFL community. We all know the depths that the CFL Reddit community goes to. I mean, what are you guys, like 28,000, 30,000? 20, I think we're 24,300 and some odd at this point. Unique, different yeah. people that are clicking into your community. You with the Elks community now... What does that role entail for you in terms of bringing that fan base that is so historically rooted back into the forefront of the CFL? So it's just, we're trying to, okay, we got to back up here. There's a lot to go into here. So <laughs> my background is working in social media and digital marketing, right? Yep. And knowing where social media and digital marketing is going, it's less about individual platforms and more it's it's moving toward more community platforms right yeah and i guess i mean not to my own horn like i was early on this i saw where everything was going so i wanted to bring that community that the elks have onto a digital platform and create a community where not only where we can uplift the elks but we can create that like real sense of community we can create that real sense of camaraderie that what, what are you doing? Antlers on, the Antlers on helmets. <laughs> it's been uh, my thing uh, for like a while. Come I, on. I lost my train of thought here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like over here, putting my hands to my head, flashing my fingers. But you're talking forth. about bringing the community into the forefront. But bring the community to a digital presence because, I mean, it, it's so hard nowadays for, I mean, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that to get the reach that you want. And the reach that you want. And when you're bringing it into a platform like ours on Reddit, it, it kind of eliminates the, those barriers from, oh, do I have to pay to get this reach? Do I have to like be running all these ads? Like, no, I have this like very niche down community of people who love this one thing who I know are going to see every single post. And I can drive traffic to essentially Whatever anywhere want. I want. Yeah. yeah. And so, to, the, to that point, like, I know I've, I've been in your, your mentions, your DMs about this a ton, but, yeah. like, to that point, like, w- I posted something, or you told me to, like, I sent you a DM of, like, just that meme, like, the, the league should go to four downs, Will Smith meme, and you're yeah. like, dude, post that on Reddit. Like, you should post that right now on Reddit. And I yeah. did under the CFP account, and then you sent me back the... the Metrics. The metrics of it, and, yeah, it w- they, were, they were incredible. Like, I, it's not that I couldn't believe it, but I was just like, damn, this is, this is absolutely a tool that I need to be, or we need to be as C- CFP or even the league as a whole, need to be kind of utilizing getting on more and realizing the potential outreach and growth of Reddit itself as a platform. And, and that's why I'm so thankful for Victor and Victor's vision is Victor gets it. Like, Victor knows where everything's moving, and he's not afraid to just be like, let's he's try like, it. Yeah, he's not but, afraid I mean, to April Fool's... Exhibit A. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
But with with new platforms, like I mean, we use Twitch here and there with mm-hmm. CFP. Twitch is a growing platform that I mean, even the NFL has started to take on with Thursday Night Football. Yeah. And Reddit is a platform that has grown so much. And like I've always known Reddit as, if I have some kind of question, Reddit will have the answer. And but then it's it's growing into this community where it's it's sharing news, it's sharing good stories, it's sharing friends, it's growing together and joining people. And that's where the CFL is headed with you leading the forefront, not only as the CFL Reddit, mm-hmm. but as the Elks Community Engagement Manager. Right. And to that point that Wade just made, the thing that you've preached to me, the thing that you've talked to me so much about is that people feel that the conversations had on Reddit are, are more authentic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would agree because... There's there's that level of an anonymity an level of being anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> anonymity. <laughs> the level of being anonymous. Um, where you can say what you're actually feeling. And there's 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 this there's this hesitancy with social media now where if you say the wrong thing, there's gonna be a blowback or like people are gonna yeah. argue with you and whatnot. And it's, it's it's going to be an attack on your character. But that that level of being anonymous, um, it, it gives you that shield where you can say exactly what you want and you can converse with like-minded people or you can argue with people. It, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's all there. Now, you as a moderator, how do you go about balancing that? Do you just let it all flow? Do you kind of restrict, like, this is kind of off-sides. I'm going to take it back a bit. It's, how do you allow people to have this anonymity but still be free-speaking? you you got to let people just talk, right? You, you got to let people have the conversation. And obviously, if things get off bounds and people start, like, insulting each other and all that kind of stuff, then you kind of have to step in. But, like, me and the guys who run the community with me, we take a very, very hands-off approach. We're just, like, people are going to banter. It's sports. Like, yeah. th- th- there's inherent <laughs> rivalries. There's, an, there's, an there's inherent no banter. right answer. Yeah. So it's, it's, you take that hand-off approach and you only step in where, like, things get, like, very personal and very, like, yeah. very gritty and, yeah. So... Now that you're with the Elks, do you have any changed fan allegiances? I know, <laughs> I know that Baby Statchel is going to be a Red Blacks yeah, fan because the they said a very <laughs> nice package. So when I made when I made the announcement that I was having my first kid, um, the Red Blacks, who have been my favorite team since they came back, sent me this big care package for my uh, my incoming child, and it was amazing. Like shout out to Kenzie, shout out to Haley. Off, uh, Brandon, um, Cameron. I, I'm definitely missing a few. Richard, Richard. yeah, um, yeah. The Everyone whole, involved with the every, OSEG organization. Yeah. Kenzie, if I didn't say Kenzie, you every, said everyone that involved in OSEG. Like, um, <laughs> the, the, like I still love that team till my dying breath. Excuse me, I've had a few beers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean. Like Victor saw the vision and he brought me on because he knows what I can do and he he, he knows where he wants the Elks to be. So um, the joke that always got made was that the Elks to Red Black Pipeline is still very, very strong. And then they, <laughs> they poached me after they've been poaching uh, all the other uh, players. Just like so. Ellingson and hey, the Red Blacks been had your phone number though. Yeah, I know they have. <laughs> I mean... Not to toot my own, but every team has. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hard guy to find. Not I ask a hard questions guy to find. probably on a daily yeah. basis. Um, I got to ask you, though. I mean, now, because you're with the Elks and this just happened over the last week, but, like, Shy Ross backflipping a barbell, dude. Coach, Coaching standpoints aside, and, like, him being on your roster and you kind of, like, seeing that and being like, oh, that was really cool, but, like, one of my, like, premier athletes just backflipped a barbell and that could have gone real wrong. But, like, yeah. when you see that and he completes it and he lands on his feet, 
Yes, it was 65 pounds, but he still backflipped a freaking yeah. barbell. Yeah. Like, and what, did, what? from a social media standpoint, to see something like that coming out from this league, from the Canadian Football League, like, what does that do for you? I texted Victor my ring size. So I was like, <laughs> we're coming for the Grey Cup. <laughs> like, show me another player who can do a backflip with a, what was it, 60 pound barbell? I think yeah, he had like, he had the 45 the and 10 yeah. so a yeah. 65 pound barbell. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. I'm sorry. Like, do you not, we're, we're coming for the Grey Cup. <laughs> do you not side with and Mr. The dude backflipped an Oreo last year. Yeah. So like. <laughs> do you not side with Mr. Gowdy, who was like, dear Red Blacks players, don't effing try this, please. Like, this is. <laughs> There's this part is of me that life. does, right? Because that's like, where we talked shit. about this on Tuesday. We were like, all right. There's a bit of us where it's like, wow, this is like damn cool. Ridiculously like, impressive. 1% of athletes could even try this. And it's another part where it's like, this makes you, me super nervous. How do you risk the injury of even knowing, yeah, I can bar- backflip with a 65-pound barbell. Because if, if you land, like, even, like, two-tenths of an inch the yeah. wrong way, you're screwed. You're, you're done. You're yeah. Done. Like, yeah. And I, I think anybody who's ever been in a gym was like, oh, that's amazing. And then you start thinking about it, and you're like, uh, what? His <laughs> knees could be non-existent yeah. right yeah. now. Or, like, one wrong move, the bar lands on your neck. Yeah. You're paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Shout, out goes him, Shout out to him, Shout out to him. Feet of athleticism. Yeah. Super uh, glad he's not paralyzed and both his knees are intact. Now, when we look at the Elks, mm. obviously this is your new newfound team, but you have known much about the CFL for years. Mm. Quarterback controversy. Not something that the Elks are overly... You guys are trying to get me fired. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we bring in, we bring in JT Barrett. Yep. We have Cornelius still from last year. We bring in Arbuckle. What is the thought process of the Elks, if you know any, of going into this training camp with quarterbacks? Is it like we have three great guys, hopefully one sticks? Or is it well, you this got one guy from Ohio State, so you got two great guys and a guy from Ohio State. Michigan bias aside, he beat Michigan constantly. He was down. <laughs> he was so down. The, the, this is what I'll say. This is what I will say. not hear the argument. He was we down. Have, we, we have a lot of great quarterbacks in the locker room, and I think we were rated criminally low. Is it just kind of like hoping that one of these great guys kind of takes a leap above the others? Like there's no one A right now, or is it all just A A through Z, or A to C, I guess, I guess, in like terms of who these quarterbacks are? Like they're all equal. I I mean, going into training camp, I'm saying they're all equal. It's always going to be a quarterback competition going into training camp. I'm giving you guys the political answer because I'm trying not to get fired. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Just go with the political side. Yeah. I, uh, I, I mean, like, that's what you want. You want s- enough people going into training camp that you don't know who's going to be the starter. Yeah. Because th- then it, it's the competition, right? And then the best player is going to come out, and then the team's going to be better because of it. And then it, it, it's going to make those players who didn't get that starting roster spot become better and work harder. And Now, on an elk side, you lose Kwaku Botek. Sorry, say that one more time. Kwaku? Yep. Kwaku's... Now in Ottawa. Yeah, now in Ottawa. Matthew Betts, gone. BC. How do you guys replace, I mean, two Canadian premier pass rushers? With Deontay Knight or Tyrell Richards in the draft. But is We like, saw the how, nod. I feel like you guys are trying to, like... We saw the nod. Get, get me some, like, draft information. I don't know anything about... That's oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. Drafting Tyrell Richards. I'm telling you right now, you're First drafting overall Tyrell pick, Richards. Tyrell Richards. <laughs> Once Chris Jones looked at him and gave the... Not of approval, you know. And he locked up. Guy. He locked up Adam Mackert in the open field with like an option route, and mm. then Chris Jones was just like, "That's our first overall pick." <laughs> just gonna give a nod, and make Thank this you. known across the league. But no, like, how do you, how do you, 
as a part of the Elks kind of see you guys piecing away at that void left, right? Like, that's a huge void left by Betts and Botang, right? To get two national guys, two top, two top and national guys. Really, the cornerstones of your defense for the last, what, two, three years, too. To now both depart at the same time. How do you go about filling those gaps in an offseason? Whether it's draft, free agency, how do you guys get about that? I have complete trust in Chris Jones and everyone in the administration that we are going to get the best players we can in the draft. And, yeah, it, it, it's in their hands. Like, I, 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 I can't speak to how we're going to do it, but, like, knowing the inner workings of the administration and the executive team and just everyone that I've conversed with with my time at the Elks, like, I, I have no hesitation and, I mean, call me a fanboy for the team because <laughs> they're cutting me you checks. You work for the team, so yes. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't expect us to be anything less than number one in the standings. It's, it's, it, it's that simple. But, like, but when we talk about football, like, if anyone is a fan of a team and you're like, yeah, we're number three, three <laughs> in the East, like three in the West, like whoever, whatever team you cheer for, if you aren't saying we're the top team, are you – Really a fan of that? Oh, point? I, like, I'm telling you guys, optimism I'm biased is so in this entire interview. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm it's either that it. or you're the Habs and you want Shane Wright. Like, <laughs> like your your whole thing right now is you're hoping for Elks Red Blocks in the Grey Cup because that's your favorite team and the team that you now are working for, cheering for, and rooting yeah. for. Are you trying to pat Bev Braden right now? <laughs> Wade's coming with are the hard like, questions. Are you He's trying like, to pat who y'all taking Braden in the draft? Right what do you want your two favorite teams to go up, What's right? It, like, okay, if you anyone want to send Ottawa home crying, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. If anyone wants to see a Grey Cup, it's me, okay? I've been through too many Hamilton heartbreaks. <laughs> I have an empty jersey right now waiting to be printed with Dude, someone's as a, name. As a Renegades fan, as an Ottawa Renegades fan growing up, I saw the Ottawa Red Blacks get a Grey Cup before you probably saw the Hamilton Tiger Cats get a great cup in the 2010s. I watched, I watched a block in the back take one from them. A second yeah, half. That was, hard. that was like that one was of the, so heartbreaking. That, that, that's probably yeah. like my number one most heartbreaking CFL moment think, of all time. <laughs> I think like, that might be the turning point in terms of coaching standards on when teams started to really emphasize. That might have been the, the turning point in your up, fandom. Punch and face was whenever the CFL had a team lose a gray cup on a block in the back. Everyone else was like, we need to start working on this so it doesn't cost us a championship, too. <laughs> the rest of the league was just like, oh, damn, we can't let that happen. But, no, I've seen so, Not many, like that. so many heartbreaks that it's like, to me, when Hamilton was up last year in the Grey Cup, I was like, sweet, I'm going to men's league. They're up. I have no worries. I come back after the game, I'm like, Hamilton's losing. <laughs> this is, this is exactly, What is happening? <laughs> this is great. But for you, it's like. Literally, the meme on the wall. This is fine. Everything's yeah, fine. <laughs> Like, the Red Blocks have won one recently. Yep. The Elks had Ricky Ray and their success in the years past, but yep. now we're kind of starting a new birth. And it's for you, it's this benefit of both worlds where they have Lapo and uh, Acklin and Mazzoli mm -hmm. where they have this new offensive hope, and the Elks have all this new quarterback talent plus all of the Kenny Lawler and all that extra added bits that you have that hope for a great cup, right? I, I'll, I'll say this. The Red Blacks waited until I was employed by another team <laughs> to start signing, like, premier players. And, like, I'll never forgive them for it. That's fair. <laughs> Absolutely fair. I mean, you went out, you get Kwaku Boateng, Jeremiah yeah. Masoli, Jalen Acklin. And that is in, what, a week a week apart, two weeks apart from yep. each other? And you're sitting so, there going, yeah, unreal. I, I think it was, like, 
probably a couple weeks after Masoli signed is when Victor and I started talking about me coming on board. <laughs> <laughs> Not a coincidence. Yeah. Not a coincidence so, at all. Let me talk to you about the marketability of guys like Mark Cordy, mm. who grew up in Edmonton, went to U of A mm-hmm. in Edmonton, obviously other side of the state of mm-hmm. the city from Commonwealth. But then he spent this time in Ottawa, and now he comes back to the town and the city that he grew up in. How do you guys market that to your home fan base? Well, I think, like, we look at what the Elks are doing right now with U of A. Like, they're getting incredibly involved in the actual community, and there's a lot of stuff that Victor wants to put in motion where we're taking players like him, and we're getting them in the community, and we're we're building those relationships within the community to help strengthen the ties with the Elks. And I, I don't think you can build a successful CFL franchise without those community guys, those guys who came from that community. And uh, Connor's girlfriend's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Riley. Have fun at work. <laughs> um, you, you can't build a successful uh, CFL team or a CFL marketing strategy because the teams are so localized and everything about the team is so localized. You can't build that strategy without them. So I think with him, he's going to be at the forefront of the strategy. And again, I'm not saying this from any place because they don't yeah. share any of the marketing stuff with me. They're kind of no. just like, you stay in your corner, you do what we do. I'll, we'll stay in our corner and do what we do. Um, but just like knowing what I know about marketing and whatnot, like I think he's going to be a big part of strategy. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can't remember correctly, but I, I believe... He was front and center when we announced the uh, U of A and uh, Elks partnership, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, he was. So, yeah, he was. Yeah. Again, it's just a b- big, big part of like building that community support, showing that the Elks are in the community, that they're for the community, and that they're going to do everything to make Edmonton like a pr- bring it back up to being the premier CFL city that it's go- that it's always been and that it should be. We heard community and community outreach. I mean, when we were talking to Andrew with the BC Lions, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's won the awards, and he was talking about how important that is for him and how important that is for, you know, the BC Lions and their community. Is that something that, obviously, I mean, like we just heard you talk about it, but, like, how important is community outreach, getting the community involved, especially in a place like Edmonton where the history is so storied? Like, how important is having that community outreach, developing, you know, not only new or older Elks fans and converting, you know, Eskimos fans into Elks fans, but yeah. then developing new Elks fans as well. Those great two, threes, fours that are kind of, you know, formulating the thought of football in their mind. Well, I mean, it's huge. Like, it's it, it's absolutely huge. So I think, like, getting the community involved has to be, like, paramount to any social or any CFL's marketing strategy. And I've been a big, big proponent of, like, you can't focus on just, like, with Edmonton, we can't focus just on Edmonton. We have to do, like, the smaller communities outside of Edmonton and bring them all into the CFL family. So it's, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, you can spend all this money on it, digital marketing, ad budget, and whatnot, but if people aren't, see, if, if, if there's nothing tangible to it, people aren't going to respond to it. And, like, that's why I think, like, being in the community, it, it, it has to be the cornerstone it has to be kind of like the north star of any strategy that we are putting forward and i say this as somebody who's managing a community online and not in the actual physical real life community so that's just how i kind of see it but i think ottawa i mean like especially recently coming back ottawa has kind of been the the forefront the blueprint of that kind of idea the Mm -hmm. community around the red blacks is so strong that Mm -hmm. regardless of whether they're winning or losing it seems that the ottawa red blacks every game are filling the stands. 
uh, whenever, yeah, I, I agree with Connor on that Red Lock stance, but with you looking at the Edmonton Elks, having such a deep-rooted past community mm. and elder community, how are you guys starting to reach out to younger audiences? I mean, Reddit is one form of reaching out to a younger audience, but how do you think the team is going about reaching out to other audiences and other aspects of society? There's, and I'll tell you point blank, I don't have the answer to this question, but there's this, there's this fallacy in the CFL where the CFL thinks that just based on their history that they should be able to draw fans. And that doesn't work. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. Like, the history is great, and I love the history, and that's why I personally Society today is so much different than that, right, it, it, though? It, like, it's, it's about what can you do for me now. Exactly. It's not, it's not about what have you done in the past. Exactly. It's, it's what you can do right now, what you are doing right now, and, like, what you're going to do for me in the future. Yeah. So if... And, and then on top of that, there's all these other variables. Like, are you speaking the language of this new generation? Are you speaking, like, are you finding that balancing act between catering to the traditional fans and trying to bring in that new generation? And I feel like a lot of strategies get lost because they try to be like, oh, we're this traditional team, this, that, and the third, or we're, like, going full force and trying to bring in millennials and zillennials. So it, it, it's that fine balancing act, right? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, touching on the point of that new generation, I mean, in the past, what you're doing right now, talking to people like Wade and I, mm-hmm. has been frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Talking, Going on a podcast, going on essentially a radio show and talking, saying your yeah. opinion, not necessarily in the past, not necessarily the thing that was the right thing to do or not the right thing to do, but yeah. the popular thing to do or whatever. Like, now in terms of reaching that new generation, is it, engagement is it podcast is it speaking like uh, like getting your voice and your face and things like that out there while maybe in the past has been taboo is that the way to reach new audiences now do you think it's all those things because in the past you got to remember there was there was one mode of information transformation or transportation sorry so as you say something on tv and it gets to the viewers yeah now there's there's facebook there's twitter there's discord there's reddit there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's this, that, and there's so many things for you to get your message across that if you're not actively on all those things and if you're not actively speaking the language on all those things, you're not communicating what you need to communicate to the people that need to be communicated to. Okay, I have a question now about Discord for you guys because this is is right in your wheelhouse. (laughs) To me, Discord is I'm going to play games with my friends. I jump on a group chat with my friends and talk to them while I play instead of using like an Xbox party, PlayStation party, whatever. How do teams and how do you guys, specifically with the Elks, because this is right in your group, how do you guys use Discord to reach new audiences? See, I... I'm not that familiar with Discord because like Discord is like the generation below me. Like the, the kids <laughs> love that. And we use it all the time, but <laughs> not f- in terms of reaching out to. What do you say, mean? We? I've me. never signed into Discord. <laughs> no, 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 in my no, 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 life. no. Not we as in you and I. We <laughs> oh, okay, as in okay. me and my friend group. Like my brother and I use it all the time to s- play certain games. Like, yeah. How do you guys use that to reach new fans? Because it seems like it's kind of a. You have your certain groups that you're a part of, and you can check in when you want. See, the way I would use it, and this is somebody who has signed into Discord like three times in my life and doesn't understand the flow of it, is we would probably, and I know Victor's looking for somebody if he hasn't hired somebody yet um, to run an Elks Discord. Um, We would use it in a sense of like game day type situations where a game is on and we have that community feedback where all the uh, fans are talking, all the fans are interacting, all that kind of stuff. 
Okay, so whenever it would be like a game day, like fan mm. kind of chat with. Essentially, yeah. Okay. Then, again, yeah. I'm speaking from someone who's like again logged into <laughs> Discord three times. <laughs> I like that though. That's that's a good way to get fans engaged. And it would give mm. fans kind of their own way to not only voice their opinion with the anonymity of Reddit, but yeah. to have their voice speaking in yeah. terms of meeting with groups of fans. So that that's kind of cool on that sense. Uh, in a personal sense, when's the first trip to El- Edmonton happening? Sorry? When's the first trip to Edmonton happening? <laughs> so Victor's already said I'm invited anytime I want to come out. Um, so like Battle of Alberta, kind of? <laughs> I kind of, like, it, it's been a dream of mine to kind of like hit every CFL stadium. Um, Same here. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it's a good goal I was for I say, him. that's probably a common theme yeah, across the table theme, here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I definitely want, I, I think... I think I want to go out when Ottawa plays Edmonton. That'd be incredible. Because that makes the most sense yeah, for me. For you, just as yeah. an Ottawa <laughs> fan and uh, an employee of the Elks. Um, so, yeah. That's a good one. That's a great, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there's a better answer than that. No, I don't think so. I, the I former against that, the current? You know what? I was saying either Cadman. Uh, do we need to... Can we cut weight off here? Can we cut no, off? No, you need. I need food. <laughs> I'm getting hangry. My mind. I'm getting hangry. Okay, cut this, please. But I was thinking Calgary, Edmonton, or Ottawa, Edmonton. So yeah, yeah the fact that you said Red Blacks versus Elks makes all ton, yeah. ton of sense to me. Um, but no, thank you so much for jumping on us. I mean, we've taken up enough of your time today. I think we've taken up enough of everybody. We've been. This is like going to be an almost a two-hour podcast. Not only <laughs> every guest have we had on, but like everybody who's listening might, to this we episode. We might have to split it. So I'll do some. I'll do some advertisements here. So if you want to check out the worldwide leader in whistle tech, make sure you head over to fox40shop.com, enter the code CFP15 to get your 15% off whistle board or coaching boards, whistle tech merch, anything that you could imagine. CFP15 at fox40shop.com. Also, you can head and <laughs> over to Coolbet Canada. Check out their lines for the NBA playoffs, MLB games, and daily boosted odds. Head over to Coolbet Canada and check out them as well as we are brought to you by Coolbet. Braden, thanks for had, hanging out with us today. We're Connor, cutting you off. Yeah. <laughs> I need food, man. I'm fading. It's it's four in the afternoon. I've had zero food today. Okay, dude's have I, had more beers than food in his stomach today. Same same with me. I, mean, I have I've, I've had zero today. food today. There's a nice bunch of food waiting for me in the car. But hey, that's why that is, this is exactly the reason we do events like this. Get out, have fun, community outreach. Get guys from Kingston in Kingston in no, a Kingston we, we brewery. We need to talk about how Kingston's been a stronghold for the CFL. How we've been supporting <laughs> oh, this gosh league. darn football town. How we've been support. This league has been on our backs. Well, I mean, I didn't on say it. I didn't. I didn't say it on the podcast when when Andrew was on because he's a Holy Cross grad and I, yeah, you know, no, I want to be respectful. But when he said the guy he looked up to, up Holy Cross grads. When, he, when he said the guy that he looked up to was Rob Bag, I was like, mm-hmm. man, you're looking up to a Frontenac guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Connor's like, yeah, school of winners. You know. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know we got Marsh. We got you, you, you guys Rob need, Bag. Uh, Doyle on here. That'd be incredible, actually. That'd you be know a what? great podcast. To Doyle yet? If if Kingston had had Offsa, this we would have had him on for sure. Him, him, him and McGee. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because Uncle we were Mark. supposed to be on Offsa this year, but whenever they moved from Kingston to Belleville for the Offsa game uh, or Offsa Bowl series, we kind of took a step back. Mm. I've had like. Two men in my life that weren't my dad tell me they love me. <laughs> and it was McGee and Doyle after we went off. So. 
It's I'm a real story. Men tell me they love me. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. There we go. <laughs> Wait until maybe I'm like the furthest thing away from an adult, even though I like reached the age requirement for an adult. But like, here we uh, are. <laughs> um, no, because there's like there's us, Marsh, Hoagie. Yeah. Um, a, lot, a lot of Frontenac guys. A lot of Frontenac people. The Frontenac CFL Frontenac. pipeline is huge. Yeah, basically, like, Kingston's not a football town. Frontenac's a football school. Yeah. Suck at Holy Cross. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to win an offset title sometime soon before I won lie. three. I don't know what you're talking about. They haven't won one since. That's my, my issue. That's my, not my fault. My grade 12 Actually, year, might be. My grade 12 year is when we played at LC. And the lo- greatest Holy Cross. greatest school in Kingston for field clean field <laughs> love that field it's all dirt and rocks great field we had all of the OVFL hate us for I playing still don't LC. have a scar all the way up my arm and I remember we like we were the heavy favorite like we torched Holy Cross in the regular season like, as Frontenac I was does. a third string GN I'm not like trying to big up my football <laughs> career whatsoever I was not good. But, like, even I was in there almost sacking their quarterback. <laughs> and then in Castle Finals, we just shit the bed. I think that was Marshall's last year, too. We'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> but, no, uh, it's, it's about time for the CFL to kick off. I mean, is it, is it June yet? Yes. I mean, we are about a month away, month and a half now, from the CFL season kicking off. Braden is going to be with the Elks, but also cheering for a team in the East – Conan and it's I. Confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. That's confusing. It's my whole life. <laughs> Your that poor was me talk. last year. We're good. I had that whole like antlers on helmets campaign, and then it came to fruition, and I was like, oh no, what do I do now? Is the elk still your team? Oh, well, I mean, yes. <laughs> they took yes. antlers off the helmet, so does Connor still have. No, actually, because like I think the new helmet design is clean as hell, but like obviously, growing up in the Ottawa Valley, growing up in Kingston. Mm. I, I still do have that bias. To, those are the games I grew up yeah. with, right? Like the Ottawa Red Blacks. A bunch of my friends now have been drafted or signed to the Blue, Red Blacks. So like, Ray. There's, there's still Jackson's there now too, yeah. right? Like, so I still do have this, this strong allegiance to Ottawa because it's where I grew up, where mm-hmm. I played. But yeah, I mean, like, I'd be lying if I said I didn't pay attention, even though it wasn't the season they wanted last year. I'd be lying if I didn't say I paid attention to every single Elks game last year. So I am an Elks fan through and through, but there's a part of me that 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 red and black, that red black side, that Ottawa Ottawa fandom going back to the Renegades isn't going to leave. I think we need to have the conversation about uh, having a CFL preseason game here at Richardson. Yes. Which which I've said this a few times on Twitter, but almost happened in 2016. Yeah, we had a, like a we, deep we a conversation, conversation about, about this. Uh, I was speaking with Jeff Downey, who was the he was the head of the Queen's, Queen's business. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it almost happened. Um, I forget what was, shut it down. But it was, it was when the uh, women women's soccer, um, yeah, was happening in Ottawa. Yeah. So and yeah, it almost happened at Richardson. We well, almost had our first CFL game. So in now, when Wade, when Wade and I were about, kids, like Calgary hosted. Yeah, like we were practices at here. Stance practice. I was they at were, that practice. Yes. So yeah, with Brad Sinopoli. Yes. Was, yeah. yes. He was so still got, playing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got an autograph from Kevin Glenn. Quarterback. Backup, backup quarterback. Quarterback. Huffnagel. Uh, um, I have a thing in a frame that's like Calgary Stampeders that they were signing all of them. They were giving them. No, 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 no. I was on. I went the day before you did, but I was on TSN because they were interviewing Huff. Yeah. I was talking to Sinopoli right in the background about mm-hmm. kind of going from Ottawa to the CFL. Yeah. Um, 
But in terms of the CFL preseason, I mean, this is a good talking point now. You just created one for us. <laughs> um, Let's get preseason games in non-traditional CFL exactly. cities. Of, yes. Because you don't draw a full crowd in a CFL stadium for a preseason game, right? Like, even Ottawa, who sells out every single home game, yeah. can't draw a sellout for a preseason. Let's put it into a non-traditional stadium, like a Queens, like a U to M if you're in Montreal, mm -hmm. or uh, Laval, or go into Saskatchewan up in Saskatoon from the Riders. Like, go into those non-traditional facilities. Yep. Get some new fans that you may not normally attract to your stadium that have to travel. Like, what do you think of that? that like, I have been screaming that at the top of my lungs for <laughs> at least 10 mountaintops. years now. Lots of that has been into my DMs. Yeah, <laughs> just right in the corners. Lots dude. of that has been in my DMs. <laughs> just sliding in the corners. And another thing. <laughs> and another thing. Yeah. But no, like, it's, it's such a good it's, outreach in terms of you guys. Like, what if you guys hosted your preseason game this year or next year? At Foot Field. Or like in Lethbridge or something. You like, have right? that like, partnership with the Golden Bears. And now all of a sudden you're hosting games at their facility where you're yeah. drawing not only fans from the south end and south of Alberta or like in between you and Calgary, but you're getting those fans from the northern half of Edmonton and beyond that that want to track down to there, but not all the way through the city to get but to also the common too, it, it creates like this unique, intimate product. It does, because the stadiums are so small, game, right? And you're just like, you're right up close. There's no back yeah. seat in the house. We're like Commonwealth Stadium, like, you gotta love it. It's a massive stadium, but if you're in the nosebleeds, like you can't tell the numbers on the uh, on the jerseys down in no, front. Yeah, right? it's a big facility. It is I huge. Mean, to me, there's absolutely no reason. I mean, like, grand scheme of things, yes. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this very like macro level or yeah. micro level here. But like, there's absolutely no reason to me that we can't have a battle of the East between, or like a preseason battle of the East between Ottawa and Montreal in Kingston or, or a preseason battle of like Eastern Ontario, yeah. right? Like Ottawa and Toronto. Yeah. There's, there's no reason to me that these things can't happen. The financials are, are a different thing and everything, but like in terms of ideologically, there's no reason to me that these things can't happen in smaller marketable CFL cities across Canada mm -hmm. to have preseason games, much like we're seeing with, the NHL doing with hometown hockey. Yep. There's no reason we can't have a hometown hockey for the CFL across Canada. Yep. And especially in a facility like Richardson. Beautiful. Beautiful. An updated facility like that. That's, that's a CFL facility. <laughs> that's a, that's like, a CFL. That's a small-time CFL stadium. You look at Laval, for instance, if you're the Alouettes. Yeah. That is a CFL stadium, right? Like, it's a condensed version of it. It's a CFL stadium without enough stands, essentially. But they have... Two levels on one side. They have one level on the other side. They have end zone seating on both ends. Yeah. They have a good facility, good field turf. They have an indoor practice facility if You're you need to. You're still going to sell 30,000 tickets. You, like. you have that availability to you. When you look at McMahon, McMahon obviously shares Calgary Dinos and Stamps. Mm -hmm. If you move that a bit out to Foot Field, say you did a battle of Alberta at Foot Field with U of A, like that would be a drawing point where you have both fan bases in driving distance. And there you go. To, to Connor's point that, like, I don't understand why they don't do it solely for the fact that if you look at what's going on with Touchdown Atlantic this year, yes. where they're playing at Acadia. They're playing a... In Wolfville, which, which is... A small school. small school. A regular season game in a small school. Wolfville has less seating than the University of Toronto does. Yeah. I think, I think Wolfville is, like, a, a sub-5,000 cap stadium. No, it's, like, 2,000, I think. Does it? Yeah. Like it's, with, it's, with, it's but well I mean, below. like with the extensions and for the CFL, yeah. for Touchdown Atlantic, I still think it's sub five thousand. Yeah, 
So, like, you're putting that in, and I understand, like, why they're doing that to build up mm-hmm. the Atlantic team and, like, to get to get all that going. But, like, long live the schooners. The long live <laughs> the schooners, man. Like, they're coming. They're coming. Randy just said that, like, out of 10, it's 11. Yeah. So, <laughs> he's going to force it. And that's why I love, like, if there's one thing to love Randy over, it's the hell bent attitude on building. Oh, Atlanta. when that dude has an idea in his head, it's yeah. coming to fruition, yeah. whether it's a good one or not. <laughs> but, but but that whole situation tells me that they can they can put a game in Kingston. They can put a game they in can. Lethbridge. They can put a game what if, in like, Kamloops. Like, yeah. Even if like Guelph was the home for the Hamilton Ticats exactly. when they were building Tim Hortons Field, use Guelph as a preseason between the Ticats and Argos. Mm-hmm. Toronto practiced in Guelph last year, anyways. Toronto has spent preseasons at. York and at U of T. Mm-hmm. Use the use the university facility. U of, U of T could more than house nah, they a Hamilton. No, they need U of T first. No, 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 no. Well, yes, but no. U of T could more than house a preseason game between the Tiger yeah. and the Argos, and it would sell out. But you need new turf on U of T. That's the issue. Of Not for a preseason game, I don't think. Yeah, you do. No, you. Yes, they need new turf at the University of Toronto. They do. They need new turf. But if it's good enough to play the last six U Sports seasons on, it's good enough to play a preseason game on. <laughs> okay. Here's my sure. question to you two. Do you think the Atlantic expansion is the way to go? Because yeah. I've been seeing a lot I, of debate about it and people saying that we should be going to, to Kansas City. We, to we had lengthy discussions with Ray Perkin about this. Mm-hmm. And... He's our like our East Coast guy. He's out east, doesn't he? He's yeah, the he coaches. He's the OC at Holland College. Right. He says it's going to be tremendously difficult to make it happen. Yeah. See, for me, they have to put it in Halifax, right? Because everywhere around Halifax will come into the city, mm-hmm. but nobody from Halifax would leave the city if the stadium was out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Which is why having it in Moncton is such a Difficult idea. And Wolfville, even for this touchdown Atlantic, right? Like, if you put Pe- it, people in are going to go to the touchdown Atlantic because it's a a one one time a year event, right? To me, it has to be like the ideal partnership is like Calgary does with McMahon. Mm-hmm. Contact St. Mary's. Say, how can we make your facility into a CFL venue? Whether it's sixteen, eighteen thousand seats. How can we build this up to be that facility for you guys? Because this is the ideal location, right? Mm. Downtown, you get a university community, you get the Atlantic football community will flock to St. Mary's for that. And then it provides the university who you can help pay for the facility. You get them a new, brand new stadium as well. But we, what we heard with, just to play devil's advocate, what we heard with from Ray on that point, which is the point that I really like. Like, putting it in St. Mary's, putting it in Halifax seems Mm -hmm. the most sensical to me, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but what we heard Ray counter with was, well, they just developed all this new infrastructure around the stadium that should they want to expand the seating, they would have to take down, and do they want to take take down university infrastructure to put up a basically part-time CFL facility? Mm -hmm. The answer to that is, likely no from a city standpoint which makes things difficult now if they can hash that out different story but i think that based on randy ambrosi's drive the want the need almost to have a team in downtown halifax like i I think we will see one sooner than sooner rather than later it just might be different than what we all imagine it to be could Braden, could, could Dalhousie 
partner See, this with. This is the See, point that no. we've all been tr- waiting on. Now, Dalhousie is interesting because while they have a team that plays in the, the college AFL league, team. yeah, the yeah. AFL, they play on their soccer field. Okay. So Dalhousie would need a full construction of a stadium and football field. Mm-hmm. But it's they also have the landscaping Halifax, to do and it. they do it. But does the university want to then move their team into the AUS? Because they have basketball and are they track. Gonna, my thing Those, with that is, will they need to if they have a CFL team, though? Because they'll be dre- generating yes, they have partial... To. They can't be an AFL team and share a stadium. They would have not? to bump to the AUS. Not really. But they do because they're them playing on top-end facilities. They would have to classify themselves as a top-end stadium in the East. The, the amount of facilities they have would I'm, have to I'm saying over. based on the, the revenue and the profit that they're going to generate from having a CFL team out East in the Atlantic communities... Dalhousie might necessarily not, or might not necessarily have to transfer into a full-fledged U Sports football team due to the money. Should there be money generated I think, by I think the it's Atlantic a win-win, team? Though, if they join the, it is. Right? It, it absolutely yeah. is a win-win. I'm just saying team, they don't need to like, do it. And I mean, Dalhousie is the biggest endowment of any school out in, out east. Yeah. Exactly. I don't understand why they don't have an AUS team. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying they the shouldn't AFL have one. I'm just com- saying it's not a necessity for them to Fair. have one. No, but I, I think they, if they develop a CFL stadium at Dalhousie, there's no reason that Dal should not amalgamate into the AUS. Now, should the AFL join the CJFL? Yes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes. Because they, they finish their season and they're done. That's a yeah. no-brainer. Yeah, Whereas absolutely. The CJ is lacking anything west of Quebec. Really. Although, Holland College might be the best CJFL team on the Holland. east side of anything... Well, before Winnipeg, too. yeah. <laughs> there, there needs to be a documentary on Holland College. Yes. And what they've been able to pull off as a, coll- well, a technical college yes. school. Well, even it's incredible. Like Jay Dearborn, Saskatchewan mm. Roughrider. Yeah. Olympian. Holland College. Another Kingston. Yarker, but Kingston. Yeah, we, <laughs> not like we both grew up playing with the guy or anything yeah. like that. But, <laughs> but he, went, he went Holland College, Carleton, Saskatchewan. Olympics. 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 Yeah. So... But even for him, like, that is the path that he took. And, I mean, there's guys constantly from Kingston that we've seen that have gone out there. I think uh, Griffin Chenier is a guy that's, like, five years younger than me mm. who's out at Holland College right now. It's your age. No, oh, Griffin, Grant. Yeah, not Grant. Yeah. Grant's younger brother, Griffin, Jeez. is out at Holland College. Yes. That's another pro- – like, they pull guys from all across the country into this college program and mm-hmm. say, hey, we can still give you the opportunity to play football. Yeah. Putting that seat in the CJFL. Which is incredible because that's something that's right. so lost on Ontario athletes. There's so many guys, so many guys that I'm sure you both have played mm-hmm. with that were incredible caliber football players, but they just didn't have the drive, didn't have the want, didn't have the grades to go to a university-level football program, but had they had the option to, like we've talked about, yeah. <laughs> go to St. Lawrence College yeah. and play for some hypothetical CJFL team, different story. That's why I'm such a big proponent. Andrew Harris is a... Gosh darn CFL or because yeah. of it. That's why I'm such a big proponent of the CJFL because it provides these opportunities for guys who just don't necessarily have the grades to go to university. Yeah. And there are high caliber football players coming out of the CJFL. Again, Andrew the, Harris. The example is obviously the CJ, CJFL is a much bigger thing on the West Coast, but mm-hmm. that's the example. That mm-hmm. is the. That's what everybody looks to and is like, no, CJFL, if you look out West, mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. Okanagan Sun, Hilltoppers, like the the list goes on, but those are the two, obviously the two big yeah. ones that spring to everybody's mind. But like, 
We've gone down a deep philosophical hole. <laughs> we have. This has been... It just turned into like community questions like, and another thing. All right, we're going to ask you about the community, and now we're going to talk about the CJFL. <laughs> so on that note, Brayden, yes. we'll let you get back to work. Yeah. <laughs> I've been texting yeah, it's still my like, boss it's, it's still time. like 4 o'clock on a Thursday here, so like people do have to work. But... Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks Thank for, you for me, sitting down with us. Thank you for not bringing ice cream. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Actually, I really wanted it. I was like fired up that Braden was going to show up with some ice cream for us. I want to talk to Victor about like if Edmonton, if I'm still with Edmonton after this interview, uh, <laughs> if we host a great cup, if I can just set up like an ice cream booth. Oh my God, yes. that'd be amazing. I would, I would, yes. Yeah. It would have to I, happen. I would buy a ticket solely for that. But can no, I send you, you on a Mio Gelato run? Like while we still have you on the podcast though? <laughs> Thank you so much for everything you Thanks do with me, the boys. CFL community. Thank you for joining us again, as you are a recurring guest. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, thank you a ton for everything you do, just from the grassroots level, growing the community, taking the time out of your day to be able to build something like this. Taking the time out of your day to answer all my dumbass questions. <laughs> so thank you so much. I technically got paid to be here. So That's it's, fair, it's, fair it's, enough. It's yeah, no yeah. My not, not by us, but you yeah, were paid to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so thank Thanks, you Thanks, bud. No problem. And uh, as for Connor and I, at Wade Zank, at Connor R. O'Neill, at CF Perspective. At Daft Brewing Co. <laughs> if you want to check out the episodes, this will be broken up into two because it is a two-hour <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. We'll catch you next week on Tuesday with All Canadian. Thank you again. The more I see... The less I'm willing to